everyone, welcome to Red Lab. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Red Lab. It's been a long time since I did an episode. For things in life I was missing for a very long time, I know. But I'm back, and with me I bring a new episode for you. In this episode we're going to talk about the Hungarian Grand Prix, which took place last weekend, from July 21st to July 23rd. And so many new things that have been happening around this crazy F1 world. So put your helmet on, because this episode's race is about to start. Well, let's start talking about the Hungarian Grand Prix. Like I said before, it took place from July 21st to July 23rd. But before talking about this Grand Prix weekend, I would like to share some interesting facts about this circuit. Well, this circuit is 4.4 kilometers long, spread over 14 curves. The race in this circuit lasts about 70 laps and has only two DRS zones. Now talking about the history of the circuit, it was founded in 1936. Its first edition was held on June 21st of that same year on a circuit laid out in a park near the center of Budapest. However, it was not until 1986 that it hosted its first Formula One Grand Prix, replacing the Grand Prix of the Netherlands. Its first winner was Nelson Piquet in the Williams team. Its current maximum winner is Lewis Hamilton, accumulating eight victories in this circuit. However, the constructor's leader here is McLaren with a total of 11 victories. A curious fact about this Grand Prix is that many drivers got the first ever victory in this circuit, such as Damon Hill in 1993, Fernando Alonso in 2003 and Esteban Ocon in 2021. Now that you know more facts about this circuit, let's talk about the 2023 Hungarian Grand Prix. This Grand Prix was different from the others of the season. There were some changes and some implementations as well. One of the changes was on the grid, since Daniel Ricciardo returned to the F1 in the AlphaTauri team. This after Nick's contract ended with the team because he was not having a very good season. But if we investigate a little bit, AlphaTauri has the weakest car on the entire grid. So far this season, they have only managed to accumulate two points. In my point of view, the problem was obviously not Nick. It was Anastilius Eka. Let's hope Yuki and Daniel manage to accumulate more points for the rest of the season, and that AlphaTauri at least returns with improvements for the next Grand Prix or after the summer break. But coming back to Rick, being back on the phone grid personally makes me very, very happy. Although, to be honest, you know, the talented young drivers waiting for an opportunity to get a Formula 1 seat, who could also have been offered the place. But I don't have any doubt that Ricciardo will complete this season with his style. Another of the changes was during the qualifying, which we will talk about later. These changes were about the tyres, since F1 wanted to test this new qualifying model where all the teams qualify with the same type of tyres. This is why in Q1 the cars will have hard tyres, in Q2 they would have medium tyres and finally in Q3 they would have soft tyres. This is a model that was tested in this Grand Prix, obviously this to see if it can be implemented during a whole next season. Another of the implementation that was really loved by the public 
was today promoted the content from children. It is known that obviously the Formula One audience is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That is why in the TV broadcast of some countries, they implement some things so that children could better understand the race. For example, they created avatars of all the drivers, which they displayed on the screen next to the names. Also on the screen was explained the gap between drivers during the race. Another thing that was also displayed on the screen was curious facts about Formula One and the circuit to make it more interesting for the children. Now let's move on into the free practices of this weekend's GP. So the free practice one had a rough start, with Ewan use Alfa Romeo losing power, making him box on his third lap. Is everything okay? Why am I losing so much energy? And with Sergio Perez crashing into the wall at turn 5, causing a red flag. No, I cannot believe this. This because he clipped the grass when he was breaking to enter to the curve, causing him to lose the car. After around 10 minutes, rain started, making everyone slipped into the pits. Calm last long, but Carlos Sainz crashing into the wall and causing a red flag was what ended with the calm. <laughs> well, this practice ended with George Russell, Piastri and Stroll in the lead. Practice 2 went along with drivers complaining about the grip of the car, like Hamilton and Joe. I got no grip, man. This practice ended with Leclerc, Norris and Gasly in the lead. Last practice, practice number 3, was when some drivers did a very good and surprising lap time, like Lando Norris, Nico Hülkenberg and Lewis Hamilton. And some others were just complaining about the grip. This practice ended with Hamilton on the lead and the two Red Bulls behind him. And now it's time for qualifying session. As I said before, in this Grand Prix was tested a new qualifying model. Q1 with hard tires, Q2 with medium tires and Q3 with soft tires. Q1 began with Bottas making and leading with the best time. Surprisingly, no driver could make a better time than him during a long time. In here we could see a very positive but rough Leclerc. Let's stay calm, but come on. Again, surprisingly, a Joe when used Alfa Romeo was leading the Q1, but this time anybody could take that place away from him. Q1 came to an end, leaving out for Q2 Alex Alvin, Yuki Tsunoda, Kevin Magnussen, Logan Sargent, and a very, very angry George Russell. Q2 began with the two Red Bulls leading, however the McLaren managed to almost equal the time of the Red Bulls, placing themselves behind them. However, by exceeding track limits on the lap, Max Verstappen's time was eliminated, making the McLaren's position themselves as leaders. But obviously it didn't take a long time for Max to recover his lap and position himself in first place. Then it was possible to see how the drivers fought to stay in the top 10 or to enter to it. Such as the case of Sainz, who was disqualified after Leclerc set a better time than him. Oh, God. With a difference of only two thousandths of Alonso, who was the last to qualify. 
Q2 ended, leaving Sainz, Ocon, Richardo, Stroll and Gasly out of Q3. Q3 was the closest of all. We could see a very good performance of McLaren and a surprising Alfa Romeo. And I say surprising because this team never went to Q3. The most they got to was Q2, but seeing the positions they achieved was absolutely incredible. This quality had the most decisive finish of all. When we thought everything ended and that Max was obviously taking the pole position, Hamilton made us see an unbelievable final. He finished with a better time than Verstappen. The gap between the times was of three thousandths of a second. Finally, Hamilton was back at the first position. Get in there! Let's go, boys! Oh, oh god, that's so good! And before going into Sunday's race, I want to clarify something that happened during Q3. It was that we could see Checo finally reaching Q3 after 5 hard races. However, in the end, many people believed that Checo had only done one lap in which he had a very good time, but obviously other drivers did a better time than him. The thing is that they made it seem that Checo had qualified only with the first time he did, and that he did had not made a second attempt like the other drivers. However, Checo did do one last lap. What happens is that he only improved by hundreds of a second, which unfortunately didn't make him rise in position, staying in ninth place. Now that I clarified this situation with Checo, let's move into Sunday's race. With this starting read, we already knew this was going to be a very interesting race. We know that since Max has been in the first row of the starting read, he will always compete with the one that starts next to him. In this case, it was Hamilton, and he would always try to find a way to beat him. However, many of these times have resulted in a DNF from both or one of them drivers. And honestly, that is what I thought we were going to see in this Grand Prix. Another reason it was going to be interesting was because the McLarens were on the second row at the start of the grid, with Lando Norris in third position and Oscar Piastri in fourth position, who have continued to perform well since Silverstone and currently up to this Grand Prix. I also want to give special mention to the both Alfa Romeos. As I said before, they ended in a very good positions. P5 for Yo and P7 for Bottas. Incredible job for these both drivers. The race started very heavily. At the start, Hamilton reacted very slowly, quickly causing Verstappen and the McLarens to pass him, which was something incredible but also very sad and disappointing to see. Although the Mercedes and the Red Bull were about to make contact, surprisingly both of them left the necessary space in order not to cause any accidents. However, this left Hamilton in fourth position behind Lando Norris and Yo who had started in an incredible position lost everything. But when I tell you everything, it's literally everything. If Hamilton reacts slow, you react even slower, making him lose 11 positions just at the beginning of the race. However, at the moment of reacting, right in the first corner, Joe had contact with Richardo, causing him to hit an Alpine, and this Alpine will hit the other one causing a very big collision. Well, not that big because there were just four cars involved in the collision, but the collision left the Alpine team out of the race. This was all like a domino effect caused by Joe. 
Obviously, he received a five-second penalty. Something fantastic that we could see was how Piastri reached the second place at the start of the race, leaving obviously Lando in third position. Piastri has really been doing such a great job since the Silverstone Grand Prix. He is definitely going to be the rookie of the year. Continuing with the race, we could see Perez passing Alonso in a very simple way. He was really doing a good job to make up the positions from the start of the race. Something strange to see, it was like some drivers around lap 10 began to enter to the pits, such as the case of Yuki, Lance and Wotas, who changed their sets of medium and soft tires for a set of hard tires. This obviously caused them to lose certain positions. The one who lost the most was Yuki, since his speed stop lost 7.3 seconds, which was terrible for the Japanese. Little by little we saw how Verstappen began to distance himself from Piastri, as is typical of Verstappen whenever he is the leader in the race. On lap number 16 he had a difference of 7 seconds with Piastri, while Lando continued to maintain the same time gap between him and Piastri. On this same lap we could see how Sainz entered to the pits to change from soft to hard tires. This made drivers like Hamilton, Hulkenberg and Norris come in from a change of tires. Two laps later, Leclerc pit, making the slowest stop of the entire season at 9.4 seconds. As usual, Ferrari doing its thing again. But surprisingly, Ferrari had not been the only team with such long pit stops. We could see around five teams having pit stops of more than three seconds. Another thing we could see was a very Overian Piastri, you could say that. Since he left the pits, he did not fight with Lando, who passed him as soon as he came out. Although Lando had the tone in his favor, Piastri did nothing more than give him the step. What would you want me to do here? Although, on the part, this might be fine, so as not to generate a conflict between the both McLarens and the both of them can reach great positions. After that, we could see a slightly confused Hamilton, since he asked to his engineer where the car was losing energy, because he was feeling the car was losing so much power. His engineer told him that it was in certain turns. He asked again if his team was keeping the engine or controlling it, to which his engineer replied no, which is quite the opposite since they were investigating why they could do to improve the temperature situation. The truth was that this situation was very, very confusing for us and also for Hamilton. Where, where am I losing all the time? I'm just the car slow. You turn the engine down. And once again, the driver who started in ninth place recovered positions again and this time he overtook Sainz. Let's not forget that the overtakes between these two have become very iconic since Austria, since we remember that Sainz told his team that Checo was intimidating him by trying to overtake him. He's like uh, intimidating me. That moment was simply, simply iconic. On the next lap, Chico managed to overtake Russell, almost making contact with him. Although Russell pit shortly after, it was a great feat on Chico's part. And continuing with him, he was closing the gap with Hamilton quickly, since in three laps he had lowered his time to three seconds, when previously it was five seconds. Chico was really fighting it here. Someone that was also cutting time was Alonso, 
who was told his pace was two seconds faster than the two Ferraris in front of him. It's a two tenths quicker than the Ferraris. Yeah, let's put some pressure. On lap 40, while Perez was fighting to overtake Hamilton, Leclerc was completely dissatisfied with his strategy, assuming that it made no sense. His engineers, as clever as always, told him that they would check in his petition at the end of the race. At that moment, Leclerc and all of us who were watching the race suffered a moment of confusion, which seconds later was fixed by his engineer, telling Leclerc that they were checking the strategy. Well, Ferrari can be iconic and not in the best way always. We are on it. We are on it, okay? For two laps, Chaku was close to overtake Hamilton. However, he had to pit, making a pit stop of only 1.9 seconds. That was a record for Checo in the season. And the truth is that the pit stops of Checo never disappoint. Of course, talking about time. Later, we could see Alonso pitting, who had a funny time, you could say. Since he arrived, one of his tires kept spinning, for which it took a little longer to remove it. Incredibly, his time was of 3.3 seconds. And you know what this means. The 33rd of Alonso is closer than we think. Returning back to Checo, fortunately, after leaving the pits, he was able to catch up and overtake Piastri in a very good way. The truth is that these two did have a fight, although in the end the space made Piastri go a little bit off the track. His engineers later asked him if Checo had forced him to go off the track, to which he replied that no, that there just wasn't enough space. I really don't feel there was like any illegality in there, like they both were really good trying to fight for their position. When Checo positioned himself behind Norris, all the pressure fell on the British driver, since his engineers pressed him telling that Checo broke new ties with him and that he didn't. Also, they told that Checo's time was improving compared to his. At a time of desperation, Lando told his engineer that he knew what he was doing. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm pushing, mate. While all this happened, Leclerc received a 5-second penalty. Why? Because he didn't break at a good time while he was entering into the pit. Obviously, the FIA was not going to overlook this dangerous feat. And now, speaking of Hamilton, at this point in the race, we knew that the podium it was loose for him. Even though he was in a second position, his strategy indicated that he had to make one more pit stop. Obviously this was going to cost him his position and probably the only way to keep his place and the podium was for there to be a safety car which clearly there was not. While Perez was fighting to catch up Norris, Hamilton was passing Piastri. However, Chico was getting closer to Norris every time and this was because there were many strugglers among them who were slow to step aside and to let them pass, causing that a very angry Lando Norris said that they were not competing for anything, so they had to let everyone pass. They have to get out the way, he's had so many blue flags. He's not racing for anything. Finally, the last lap came. Chico could not catch up Norris. However, there was something that caught everyone's attention and it was that Logan Sargent had turned. Fortunately, he did not crash. 
Therefore, there was no safety car. Another thing that caught their attention it was that how Hamilton had reduced the time between him and Checo in the last two laps. Unfortunately, he did not manage to reach him. Finally, the race ended, leaving Max Verstappen as the winner once again, Lando Norris finishing in second place and Checo Perez finishing third after a great comeback from ninth place. And so the race ended. However, the podium was the best of all, since in the full celebration, when Lando uncovered the champagne in an iconic way, as he always does, he threw Max a trophy, breaking it. Clearly, Lando was not concerned at the time. And although the porcelain in Hungary is too important, the teams tried to make it down a bit so there wouldn't be a bigger conflict. However, Helmut Marko, the chief strategist of Red Bull, came out to give a few statements about this and he said that even if it had been an incident and that no one had seemed to be concerned at the time, it was something serious and although they were going to receive a replica of the trophy, he was going to make Max appreciate these kind of things more. Clearly, Helmut didn't want to make a big fuss about the trophy either, however, his statements weren't completely passive. And well, after all this, the one who got the driver of the day was Checo. And I tell you this because there were some persons that weren't completely agree with this decision, like Lando Norris. He was a little bit concerned after someone told him that Chaco got the driver of the day. Maybe his reaction was completely fair because maybe he thought he was going to get the driver of the day, maybe he thought someone else deserved it more than Chaco. But at the end Chaco got it and I think that was the best decision that everyone could make. And well, this was the Hungarian Grand Prix. Now let's talk about some other news that have been circulating around the F1 world. Let's start with incredible news, and that is that it was confirmed that next year all the teams participating in Formula 1 will have a car in the F1 Academy. That's completely amazing. Let's remember that this is a category that promotes women in the world of motorsport, more specifically in Formula 1. Anyway, I would like to know what you think about this, because for me it's something incredible. The fact that the idea of women in Formula 1 is being supported more and more, it's completely incredible. Formula 1, of being a masculine sport and which was only for men, it's becoming a completely open sport, encouraging more and more people in the world of motorsport. The theory is that, believe it or not, this is a great step towards change. Another piece of news, which is not so good, is about the Las Vegas Grand Prix that will take place this November and it is well known that there are businesses on the side of the track, you know, such as cafes, restaurants, casinos, etc. The thing here is that if these businesses do not pay the amount of $1,500 and it is not known if it's $1,500 per table or per capacity of people, Liberty Media warned against putting up walls or bringing lights the places that do not pay this amount. In my point of view, this becomes illogical at some point. Since in Monaco or Baku, there are restaurants, departments, premises overlooking to the track to which they do not charge or put anything. 
Perhaps this is due to different clauses. However, this is not entirely logic. The last notice I'm going to give you makes me very, very happy to share it with you. You know that the next race is going to be in Spa Francochamps. And unfortunately, three years ago, it happened a very horrendous accident in there, where Antoine Hubert, a Formula 2 driver, lost his life after he crashed against his teammate Juan Manuel Correa, who also got hurt in that accident. Three years later, Spa would have another accident. Delano van Hoef, who was a Dutch racing driver for F4 of the Spanish Championship, would have an accident in there, where he would also lose his life. This year, to pay tribute to them both, Pierre Gasly organized a race, where he invited all F1, F2 and F3 personnel to run around the spa today in memory of them both, Antoine Huvet and Delano van Hoof. Rest in peace, them both. Well guys, this is the end of the episode, but before leaving, I would like to tell you my podium for spa. I've seen that many people do this before any race, so today I'm going to share who I think will finish in the podium this GP on Spa Franco Champs. So for the past races I've seen a very strong McLaren. So I will bet that even Lando or Oscar will finish in the podium but they will finish in third position. In second position I want to see definitely a Max Verstappen. Don't get me wrong, I love when Max wins the races, I know he has been winning most of the races this season, but I think he needs also a break for winning. I'm just kidding, I would love to see Max winning again in Spa, but I think he has to give chance to other drivers. But I would love to see Max in second or first position and Lewis Hamilton in second position. In first position, I would love to see any of the both Red Bulls. If I'm completely honest, I would love to see more Checo than Max winning the Spa race. I know they both have a very strong car, but I think there have been some differences in there. But let's note go more into that topic because these are just predictions it's not like this will really happen in the next race but definitely i would love to see the both red bulls in the top three and maybe a mclaren in there again a mercedes in there again i don't know but i would love to see them both in the podium as always max and Checo. Well guys and this is the end of the episode of my coming back Yes, and finally here I will try to update you more constantly. I know I haven't had time. I know that I have this responsibility of uploading a lot of episodes during a week. Well, one per week. But, you know, I will try to keep you more updated. I will try to be more updated because I will... I have been lost the last days in the Formula One world. But don't worry about that, you will have your episode the next Thursday as always. Well, not as always, but as always since today. <laughs> so thank you for hearing me and this was Red Lab.